Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you today? Ah, okay. So, uh, just to uh, make sure everybody has the same schedule, the, this time, this is the second time we continue by far all the way to 7th, uh, 19th of uh, July. Yeah, we will continue all the way until 19th of July. <coughs> and then, uh, I will, as we draw nearer, I will update again for the next term. There may be some changes. So last week, we spend quite a bit of time on the serenity <coughs> further go through that hope everybody has a somewhat clearer picture um, how many of you uh, meditate on a regular basis So at the start of last week, I shared about how <coughs> descriptions descriptions of uh, of some of these states um, can sometimes be tricky, yeah, because these are words um, that don't point to external physical objects. Yeah. As I the example I give. If, I, if a student tells me that they saw an A4 paper, white colour, you know, floating around, yeah, then I can understand that, okay, they saw a white A4 paper. Yeah. And if, if uh, seeing a white colour A4 paper is the mark, <coughs> is the, it's like a marker. Or if you are in first jhana, you see a, white A4 paper. Second jhana, you see two A4 paper. <laughs> yeah. Third jhana, three. Fourth jhana, four. You see, so easy to understand. Immediately, you can induce and infer. Yeah. If only it was that simple. Yeah. And then, if you are not in jhana yet, no A4 paper. You have a bit of concentration, uh, half small pieces of paper. Ah, that is very simple. Yeah. But unfortunately, um, when we talk about um, concentration, <coughs> uh, the uh, descriptions in the sutra, in the commentaries, yeah, including what we have gone through, serenity, which are our attempts yeah, to use words to describe uh, states within us, yeah, uh, that by itself doesn't have words, actually. Uh, so, um, when we look at this text, or in fact other texts, sometimes it's important to keep that keep that in mind. Yeah, otherwise sometimes you can get caught up with um, the, the vernacular, the peculiarities, and um, 
it may end up hindering your practice more than help you. So, if you look at the the one we have gone through, serenity, (coughs) another way to know whether you have serenity is um, when you are sitting, are you able to overcome your usual lethargy? Usually, when we sit, we have a whole uh, different kinds of situations arising. Sometimes it is uh, bodily aches. Sometimes it is the uh, lack of clarity in the mind, yeah, heaviness in the body, sluggishness in the mind. Uh, the, the object of meditation is not quite there, and so on. So, uh, when you are in that state, then basically it means that you don't have serenity. And if instead, when you meditate, uh, you are able to, even when there are the <coughs> some of this uh, usual like body aches and so on, then you are able to still sit. You don't get disturbed by them. Yeah. And then as you sit further, they become milder and milder. The mind becomes calmer. Yeah. And you start to feel yourself even uh, a sense of lightness. Yeah? Don't really feel encumbered by the body. Uh, a typical description of being encumbered by the body is after a heavy meal. Yeah? Uh, that is very extreme. Yeah? But that can help us have an idea of what it means by chong to be encumbered. Yeah? But what it also means is that uh, you can feel encumbered even without a heavy meal. Yeah? So it's not that, oh, uh, you only have that chu zhong, uh, that encumberment, that heaviness, only if you eat uh, or you meditate immediately after meditation. No. Yeah. <coughs> it doesn't mean that. So sometimes when you meditate and then it feels like hey, everything seems to work out, um, then you probably have some bit of uh, serenity. But perhaps even more importantly is uh, not to get overly preoccupied by it uh, or with it. Not to become attached in other words. Because no matter what you experience, no matter what you call that experience, the moment you try to uh, uh, just or keep on trying to re-experience it, you actually move away from meditation itself. Uh, you move away from meditation. And that's why for many people, <coughs> uh, they usually feel or experience serenity uh, maybe once or twice, and then they never experience again. And they never progress as well. Because they keep looking for serenity. You experience serenity not by looking for it, yeah, you experience serenity by doing samatha meditation, by applying your mind to, uh, to let it stay with the object of meditation. But the moment you are looking for something, whether it's serenity or other things, then your mind is actually active, not calm. And that's why serenity then becomes elusive. That is why when we when we go to the meditation classes or retreats and we tell the teacher 
Oh, Sifu. <clears throat> I experienced this, I experienced that. Usually, the teacher will tell you, okay, good, keep it up, and continue meditating. <laughs> yeah. If you repeat the same thing twice, uh, you say the next time you're having an interview, you say that again. Then maybe the teacher will tell you, put that aside. Yeah, don't worry about that. Continue meditating. Still go back and Sifu. Then maybe the teacher will tell you, stop thinking about that. <coughs> so, um, we have a few more. We have three more <coughs> of the uh, wholesome mental concomitants. So the next one is Pufang Yi. So Pufang Yi, uh, what is Fang Yi? Fang Yi means to become like uh, lax, yeah, to allow yourself to do uh, as you please. And typically here it, it refers to acting uh, out of line uh, against your cultivation uh, according to your defilements. So Pufang Yi means the opposite. That means you don't act, you don't allow yourself to act <coughs> in a way that is against the path, against the cultivation. So let's take a look at the text. Jing Jing San Gen Yu Shuo Duan Xiu Fang Xiu Wei Xing Dei Zhi Fang Yi so this is the opening verse. Jing Jing, San Gen. So Jing Jing is uh, what we have covered, like diligence, effort, plus the three wholesome uh, roots. And what are they? Wu Tan, Wu Chen, Wu Shi. None greed, none hatred, and none delusion. So together they come together to form four. Yeah. Four together. <coughs> These are the four. Yeah. So that, let's take a look at the further explanation. So this when we say Pufang Yi. So this particular mental concomitant, and in fact, and the following few, uh, is quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, if we look at the earlier ones, the, they have their own essence. Yeah. Uh, but this particular one, actually, when we say <coughs> if a person is not lax, uh, it, there's no separate thing called no lax actually. Uh, it's actually describing when you are in a state where uh, you are diligent in your cultivation and uh, as a result, you are free of greed, hatred and delusion. So, um, in this state, then we call it Bufangi. <coughs> Bufangi. Uh, not relaxed. So, Yo Jing Jing, Ji San San Gen, the Liang, Yu Suo Duan, the Fa Ling, Fang Ling Bu Qi, Yu Suo Xiu, the San Fa, 
修令增长。So <coughs> the opening part, uh, first establish what this uh, uh, non-lax means, uh, not to be lax. Uh, of course, the word by itself, uh, not to be lax, uh, we can understand it. Uh, but uh, this being a wholesome uh, mental concomitant is with respect to cultivation. Yeah. So it's not it's not about not being lax in watching Korean drama, <laughs> yeah, uh, or even talking about your work. No, yeah, it's talking about cultivation. So, uh, so uh, this non-lax uh, encompasses four, uh, four qualities or factors yeah, that has been described earlier. Uh, so the first one is uh, diligence, then the next three is actually also in front. Uh, non-greed, non-hatred, and non-delusion. <coughs> so, uh, through the powers of these four factors, uh, when we say powers, uh, in the past when I, uh, when I see the word power, then somehow it gives a very strange feeling to me. It, it reminds me of like, those comic hero, you know, or have a special power, or like Superman with power, yeah. So, uh, but, um, so when it says, you jing jing ji san san gan de li liang, so the power, or you could say the ability, yeah. My, my late ordination teacher, he explained it this way. What does it mean by li liang? Or let's just use the word power as a placeholder. So when you say that you have power, uh, how do you know that you have power or not? So he says, When you are able to overcome, overwhelm defilements, prevent the arising of defilements, uh, then you consider that to have power. Uh, in Buddhism, power doesn't mean, wow, you sit down there, then you, oh, you know, something come out, oh, then that power you can fly in the sky. Then, of course, if you talk about the cultivation of spiritual powers, uh, then it literally in the text it says you can fly in the air and all those things. Yeah. Uh, but in most part of Buddhism, when we talk about uh, powers, it is that um, when you cultivate certain qualities and it is able to overcome defilements, overcome hindrances, and so on. Uh, then it's considered that you have cultivated to the point where it has powers. So here, um, <coughs> through the powers of these four factors, uh, So, um, this, the, first four, the first four factors Diligence, non-greed, hatred, and delusion. This four, um, they help us to overcome and prevent uh, unwholesome uh, mental states to arise, uh, unwholesome <coughs> thoughts to arise. Yeah. 
So <clears throat> prevents greed, hatred, and delusion to arise, uh, and subsequently the secondary states. Yeah. So <clears throat> uh, those that has been eradicated, we are able to prevent it from arising. Those that has arisen, we are able to subdue it and cause it to reduce. So here this text is saying, <clears throat> what is non-lex? It is that uh, a person is able to master the first four factors and through their respective powers, be able to overcome evil and wholesome states. And once overcome, is able to prevent it from arising again. Yeah. So the So these are the unwholesome states that, <coughs> that which you want to eradicate. Then uh, conversely, there is another collection, another set of uh, dharma, which is Yu Yu the San Fa Ling So this is the opposite. In this case, for wholesomeness, wholesome qualities, you want to uh, foster is is arising and even cause it to grow. And likewise, it is through the first these four qualities that the powers of these four qualities that you are able to do that. <coughs> Initially, we we try to practice effort, uh, but we when we are still practicing, we have not. Uh, really hone it and bring it to maturity mm, sometimes we can uh, evoke wholesome qualities sometimes we can't sometimes we we have the initial thought ah let me meditate but sometimes the, the you have this thought and you're in the in your room then uh, to walk from your room to <coughs> to the living room yeah, maybe takes uh, 10 steps. On the number 8 steps, you hear the TV television program. Then by number 9 steps, you are drawn to the telev- television program. By number 10 steps, instead of sitting down in front of the altar to meditate, you are in the sofa with the remote controller. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, <coughs> does it mean that you don't have diligence? No, it doesn't mean that you have zero diligence. But it means that your diligence has not reached power, has not reached maturity, doesn't have power yet. Yeah. Are you able to maybe get you started, but not enough to sustain it. Yeah. So if you if you have this quality of non-lex, that means uh, all the factors have reached a certain level of maturity, uh, you are able to say, I when you will say, I want to practice, I will practice. You don't lex. I'm supposed to practice, I will practice. At this hour, I'm supposed to practice, I will practice. Supposed to wake up at 3 a.m., I wake up at 3 a.m. <laughs> supposed to, uh, of course, I, I'm just saying, uh, I'm not saying that you all have to wake up at 3 a.m. <laughs> <coughs> uh, but at the time that you want to practice, uh, you're able to say, I will practice. You don't get distracted, you don't get overwhelmed by laziness or other other distractions (coughs) and to be able to do that you have those four qualities in此不放逸的体 
啊，就是与事法的功能上加施设有。So this line is very interesting. This line is describing that. So <coughs> as a result, when we say non-legs, um, its essence is those four factors. Yeah, there's no additional factor called uh, non-legs actually, yeah, because it depends on the four factors. Yeah, diligence, non-greed, non-hatred, non-delusion. When we say that you are not lax, it's basically this four. Uh, this text is actually saying that, yeah. And then collectively, you give it a name, or rather, um, in Buddhism we give it a name, yeah, it's called non-lax. <coughs> uh, it is not that there's an another additional uh, mental factor or quality that you are cultivating. Yeah. So. Um, <coughs> so through this non-lex, one is able to counter uh, the state of being lex. So as a result, you will be able to uh, you are able to <coughs> Uh, attain, uh, accomplish, and bring to completion, yeman, uh, or perfection, yeah, all the uh, wholesome dharma, whether it is uh, with flow or without flow. Uh, in other words, if you want to do meditation, you are able to do meditation. You want to do samatha, you can do samatha. You want to do vipassana and attain enlightenment, you can do it. Wow, quite good. Huh? <coughs> And if you consider, because this pufang yi, this non-lex, it is not a factor or mental state by itself, actually. It is a name given for the first four, those four. So, actually, in order to, to not be lax, uh, you must cultivate those four. Diligence, non-greed, hatred, and delusion. <coughs> any, any questions about this? This one is uh, in a way fairly straightforward, uh, but not so easy to do. <laughs> I mean, the example I gave uh, how many times have we had this uh, noble, wholesome thought? Ah, let me meditate. And then just before you reach the seat, <coughs> you change, you, you consciously change your mind, or you, uh, you get drawn towards something else. And when this happens one too many times, then we get disheartened, we get disappointed. Yeah, we feel lousy about self, and we may even feel like, uh, maybe I'm not meant to be a cultivator. <laughs> So that's why <coughs> there are other factors that can help us with this. Yeah. So having uh, uh, having uh, friends yeah, who are into cultivation. If you want to do meditation, you need friends who are into meditation to encourage each other. If you want, if you like dharma study, uh, you need friends who are into dharma study. Uh, if you 
if you have a lot of, if you keep surrounding yourself with friends who are into karaoke, friends uh, yeah. In your Facebook, all your friends are all. Maybe you have uh, five hundred friends, then <coughs> you only have five friends who are into meditation, five friends into dharma, five friends into retreats, then. 485 of your friends are all into karaoke. Then the moment you open up Facebook, in the timeline, all the music and songs and MTV, hey guys, I found a new one. This one even have the subtitle. <laughs> At first, you saw one, uh, Urban Retreat. At first, you saw one, uh, Buddhist Library National Day Retreat. Come and uh, practice together. Wow, then you feel so motivated. Eh, then you saw something moving below. Yeah, Facebook nowadays, sometimes the video play by itself. Then you see something below. Then you scroll. Wow, the new song by so and so. I don't know who are the singers nowadays. Wow, then you. Because, and because Facebook automatically play and then you can hear the music. Wow, then you scroll. Then after a while, you forget. Yeah, then. Do you have non lex? No. Now you are lex. <laughs> so the kind of <clears throat> the kind of uh, friendship we nurture, yeah, come back to help us or to harm us. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other day I was sharing with some uh, some students. Maybe I've mentioned to you all before, I'm becoming a broken record. Uh, Buddhists tend to have uh, circles of friends. So we have uh, our Buddhist friends, temple friends, and then we have our normal friends. Yeah. Some are not all. So what do I mean by that? So for some people, when they go for, let's say, when they go go and watch a movie, do you all watch movies with your temple friends, your Buddhist class friends? You see, nobody, nobody. Uh, but do you all, how many of you watch movies? Uh, to begin with, some of you don't even watch movies. Uh. Wow. Some, some of you are like, oh, what is this Sifu talking about? We are attending Tazhen Bai Fa Ming Wen Lun. Why would we be interested in movies? But the truth is that lay people, uh, I mean, in Singapore, there isn't much things to do already. So, of course, watching movie is a uh, common entertainment. So, the question is those of you who do watch movies, how many of you actually watch with your Dharma friends? Ah, see? Hypothesis proved. <laughs> So I have this theory. Now it's no longer a hypothesis. Now it's a theory to be verified in more places. <clears throat> Many Buddhists, uh, maybe some, a good number of Buddhists tend to live their life in this way. Uh, so when you meet your Buddhist friends, your Dharma friends, uh, it is purely for Dharma. It must be Dharma Dharma. Sometimes if it's not Dharma enough, you don't even want to attend. Yeah. So if let's say Buddhist library, uh, 
Like Buddhist Library once a year organize a family day. Yeah. Buddhists also attend. Did you have you all attended the family day before? How many of you have attended before? Oh, you also so few. See, uh, family day. What is this? Not Dharma enough to. <laughs> yeah. My point is this. Uh, Buddhists, when you do your social social things, yeah, like watch a movie, uh, have have a meal, have tea or something, go for a walk. We tend to um, segregate these activities as these are non-dharma. So we will only uh, engage our non-dharma friends yeah, in all these activities. When we watch movies, we will chill our movie kaki or our normal friends. Yeah. When we want to go for go and try some, uh, let's say, uh, high tea, maybe uh, not for Quack, because Quack, her friends are all Dharma friends. Huh? <laughs> uh, but for most people, it's different. For most people, uh, they go for high tea, they look for their normal friends. So, as a result, <coughs> we become segregated. Yeah, segregated. Uh, as a result, when we do have uh, difficulties in our life, challenges, are you more likely to? Who are you more likely to ask for help? Uh, experience tells me that most people uh, end up feeling lost because with their normal friends, uh, with their temple friends, by right you can actually share with your Buddhist friends, temple friends, yeah, because Dharma can help us, ma. But because we have not built up that kind of social interaction, so you don't feel close enough to share with them your trouble in your life. Yeah, so we end up sharing with our normal friends. But our normal friends may not know Dharma, may not know may not even be Buddhist, then they may share with us their ways to solve their problem. <laughs> yeah, so this is the trouble. And and the result is then easy for us to be lax. And it's easy for us to lose confidence and faith in the Dharma. Why? Because it seems like Dharma is only for Dharma classes. Dharma is for the sake of Dharma. Yeah? Seems to be self-serving. Yeah? Because in the end, when we encounter problem, we are given suggestions and advice from friends outside of the Buddhist circle. They mean well. Yeah? They mean well. But they will approach problems from a different angle and as a result we don't seem to ever hear uh, suggestions on how to solve our life's problem with the Dharma yeah. fortunately fortunately, by and large here and there uh, there are Buddhists who uh, who approach uh, Sufu and other Sufu with, the, with some of this <clears throat> and then we share with them uh, the teachings how to approach uh, their life so Pufang Yi next number 10 Xing She Xing She so this Xing She is quite interesting She itself is equanimity yeah equanimity Xing She this Xing inside the text it says it is 
<coughs> referring to the the fourth uh, aggregate, the fourth aggregate, uh, a mental uh, formation. Yeah, it's a it's a type of mental fabrication, a type of mental formation. Yeah, so uh, the fourth mental aggregate, uh, which is basically the mental formation. So let's take a look. So <coughs> yeah, it starts off in the same way. Jing Jing San Gan So the same four qualities. Ling Xing Ping Dan Zen Zhi Wu Kong Yong Zhu Wei Xing Dei Zhi Diao Ju Jing Zhu Wei Ye. So this is the opening verse. <coughs> so just from the opening, we know that uh, it's similar to the previous mental concomitant. Yeah. In the sense that uh, it is dependent on the f- these four factors yeah. diligence, non greed, non hatred, non delusion. So, from the, this four, you, it actually produces different results. And this is the description of the, the other set of results. <coughs> what is the result? Ling Xing Ping Den. Now, let's take a look. Xing Si Xing Yun Wei Chi Bie so, so this, uh, this, this, uh, this particular mental concomitant is basically equanimity, yeah. But it's prefixed with the the word sing, uh, to denote that this is not of the second aggregate. It is not a feeling here. Yeah, it's not the feeling of equanimity, but it is actually a mental state of being in equanimity. Yeah, so that is a that difference. <coughs> yeah. And uh, and then it highlights that it is also based on the four factors. Four factors: diligence, then non greed, hatred, and delusion. So, <coughs> uh, under the aggregate of feelings, typically we usually say, uh, how many kinds of feelings are there? Uh, first of all, feelings are not referring uh, so clearly to emotions, uh, but in various texts. So, in one of the texts, the Buddha. The, the 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 Buddha's disciple then highlighted, uh, they all shared the understanding and experience of feelings. So they say, how many types of feelings there are? So one of them said, there's one type of feelings, just feelings. Then another said, no no, there's two types of feelings, bodily and mental feelings. Oh, then I said, no no no, three types of feelings. Painful feeling, pleasant feeling, neither painful nor pleasant feelings. So, so <coughs> seems to have disparity. So when the Parabhananda went to see the Buddha, repeated the, the different, uh, 
descriptions. Then the Buddha said, Well, they are all correct, huh? They are all correct? Say yes. <clears throat> they are all describing according to what they experience. So then the Buddha further says, In fact, there are 108 types of feelings. Oh, 108 types of feelings. So, um, of all the different kinds of feelings, there is the feeling of equanimity. Yeah? Or rather, neither painful nor pleasant. Uh, that's the set of five. Kula yu si se. Pain. Le uh, can be translated as pleasure or rapture. Kula. So, they are opposites. Yu si. So you, uh, you kind of um, you would be like uh, maybe worry, yeah, or or mental stress, and then uh, you see see will be joy, then sir, which is equanimity. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> in terms of feelings, there's uh, a lot of types. A common one uh, found in the. Uh, Text related to meditation, yeah, describing the four jhanas, we see this five. Kula, you see, sir. Now, uh, let's take a look. So, San San Gan Si Fa Wei Ti. Yu Si Si Fa Ling Xing Yuan Li Diao Ju Deng Zhang Ding Deng Zhang Okay, so, <coughs> so uh, from, from the four factors, uh, diligence, non-greed, hatred, and delusion, then it can cause the, cause the mind to be, <coughs> what? to be free from, distant from, rather. <coughs> so, when we try to meditate, uh, most people cannot immediately uh, attain concentration and jhana. Yeah. Uh, why is it that we cannot? We are obstructed by various different hindrances. I mentioned before about the five hindrances. Yeah. So in particular, over here, it describes in particular the <coughs> one on diaoju. Yeah. So uh, we have Five hindrances, Tani Gai, Chen Hui Gai, Wu Zuo Diao Ju Gai, Fen Chen Sui Ming Gai, Yi. So, this Diao Ju, uh, usually together with another one, Diao Ju means restlessness. Yeah. That means the mind is not stable. Yeah. There are many reasons why it's not stable, but first of all, we must know what is Diao Ju. So, Diao Ju uh, itself, in the Chinese text, they actually split this into two parts. Yeah? But uh, in most English translation, it's just one word, restlessness. That means the mind is not stable, it is uh, fleeting. Yeah? Then, together with this term, there's another one, which is Wu Zuo. Wu Zuo, the word Wu is Ke Wu, the word that e. <coughs> So it's regret over what you have done wrongly. So the Chinese translation and English translation are very interesting. They translate from the same word, but the focus is a bit different. 
the Chinese translation uh, highlight the wrong that you have done. The English translation highlight what happens because of the wrong that you have done, which is regret or remorse. Yeah. Yeah, or worry, if you will. So restlessness and worry. Yeah. Whereas for Diaoji itself, uh, the word Diaoji is actually describing the restlessness. Then Diao is somewhere between our discursive thoughts and <coughs> and uh, before you are restless. Yeah, so somewhere in between. Already uh, uh, not focused, yeah, not focused, but not totally discursive also, yeah, uh, but yeah, somewhere gone already. However, you are not sleepy also. Mm. No sleepiness, but no concentration. <laughs> no sleepiness, no concentration, but not yet, wow, full of thoughts. So somewhere in between there, then Chu is basically wow, all over the place. But you must know, uh, in the Buddhist text, uh, in the in the latest translation that we're working on, uh, it's, a, it's five years in the making. <laughs> we The first draft took us two years, and then the, we spent the last three years uh, reviewing the draft. And this, the fourth or fifth draft, <coughs> doing a lot of corrections. And that, and that's one thing we, we find. Chinese like to reuse the same word. Yeah. Uh, so many times we're like, huh? Why is this word appearing again? Yeah. Somehow Chinese actually has a very huge vocabulary. Yeah. Typically, even today, we have like uh, those who that's a that's usually this phrase that by the time you finish your higher studies, you should know at least 30,000 characters. Yeah. But yet, when you look at the sutras, I don't know whether in the past there's lesser characters to choose from, but there's always this, uh, this tendency for people to come back to the same few characters. So this word ji literally means to lift up, yeah? to lift up or to uplift. Yeah? So in this context, Diaoju, it is that the mind is being is is restless. Yeah? So it describes it as well. But here it is highlighting that it is it is being overly uplifted. Yeah. Overly uplifted. And in a way, uncontrolled uplifting. Yeah. Because in the practice of Samatha, uh, we are very familiar with the anapanasati yeah? uh, breathing in, breathing out breathing in, breathing out yeah. usually when you do this uh, it is to help you subdue your discursive thoughts yeah. it helps you to do that <coughs> and by doing that the mind becomes quieter and quieter and quieter but if we uh, keep doing that, what will happen? then you can become sleepy you end up becoming sleepy. <clears throat> so part of the reason is because we are tired. Part of the reason is because we're not used to it. Uh, but another part of it is because of the fact that when we quieten the mind, it also dulls it. It also dulls it. So 
the 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 thing is that um, in meditate in Buddhist meditation, there's actually a counterpart to this quietening, yeah, and this this functions as a pair, and then somewhere in between, there's a point of there's a balancing point, yeah. So there's actually three things we're supposed to do in samatha meditation, and it's called zhijusa, and before you think that this is a, in, an invention of Chinese masters, you can actually find this in the Pali Canon. In the Pali Canon, the Buddha described this using the analogy of a blacksmith. Yeah. Uh, the <coughs> this three times zi zi zi, to quieten, yeah, ji to uplift, se to uh, to remain as it is. So these three techniques or these three uh, meditative practices is to be applied at different points. When the mind is too discursive, then you apply the first one. Zhi, quieten the mind. So, but if your mind is too dull, then you must uplift it. Zhi. Then sometimes your mind is not, not, um, not discursive it is also not down. Then you're supposed to just maintain it. Sir. Don't, don't disturb it. Yeah, just leave it as it is and try to maintain that. Yeah. So the Buddha described using the black seed analogy where he's, he's described saying it is like a blacksmith um, <coughs> uh, heating up the furnace and then putting in the metal ore and then burning it, yeah, the chunk of metal. And uh, as he burn it, it becomes soft. Uh, if, uh, if it's too hard, then you cannot, it be, it's brittle. Yeah? If it's too soft, you cannot maintain, it cannot maintain its shape. So if it's too hard, it must increase the temperature and burn it. <clears throat> if it's too soft, then you must you must uh, apply water onto it to cool it down. So the applying of water is like what we do for stilling the mind to quieten the mind. Uh, if it's overcooled, then it becomes too hard and becomes brittle, and you cannot shape it. So you must then increase the temperature. And he he described uh, blowing using the bellow increasing the heat and then you will heat up yeah. but sometimes when <coughs> when the metal is at the right temperature not too hot not too cold then what must you do uh, then the Buddha said at that stage it is malleable then you don't increase or decrease the temperature then you can start shaping it uh, the, the, the blacksmith can start shaping it so in the same way when we meditate um, there's actually these three parts but usually when you go for classes, you keep on hearing hear, hearing. <laughs> you keep on hearing the, the instructions to quieten the mind. Yeah. So much so that you rarely hear the, the the step of uplifting the mind. And why? Because usually our mind is too noisy. Yeah. So sometimes if you report, oh mind is drowsy, uh, at least for my tradition, yeah. For Sufu's tradition, 
we learn this part to uplift the mind. Yeah, to uplift the mind. <coughs> Here, this chi. This chi is over over uplifted. Yeah, over uplifted. So Diao Chi itself, it is that because of different uh different matters, yeah, that you are preoccupied with. You go and think. Think about this, think about that. Then the mind becomes uplifted, over uplifted, yeah, over excited. So here, uh, with equanimity, you can actually overcome all these problems. Yeah. So uh, when you can do that, so, uh, when your mind is able to quieten and not become too down, uh, maintain some level of, of energy but not too excited, then uh, you are free to <coughs> maintain it as it is. Yeah, maintain it as it is. Uh, and more importantly, this would refer to the third and fourth jhana. Yeah, should be referring to the third and fourth jhana already. Yeah. Uh, whereby uh, the mind is uh, gradually freed from the extremities of the mental states. Freed from the extremities of the mental states. Uh, in our day-to-day -day life, usually... We are swinging from one to the other, one to the other. Yeah. Uh, we are drawn by wow, nice food. Wow. And then after eating, wow, very hot. Wow. Yeah. Our mind is very busy, you know. Yeah, always very busy. So when we meditate, nothing to stimulate us. Yeah. Uh, but here, uh, as we meditate, if you can go past the initial... Uh, problem of the five senses, then the mind becomes gradually uh, quieter and quieter. Yeah. Here there's this thing about uh, <coughs> being able to just stay there. Yeah. It becomes quiet, but not overly quiet until it becomes down. Yeah. So when it's nicely balanced, you can imagine like a seesaw. Yeah. One side is uh, the, the stillness. The other side is excitability, uh, restlessness. So when you keep it in a balance, so it's such that the mind still has energy yeah, uh, to, uh, to, to... So it's not totally asleep. But it's not so excited that it is discursive. So it's in a nice balance. Um, then, uh, then we call it equanimity. And it's far away from the different kind of states such as <coughs> rapture and joy, such as pain and worry. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the two pairs of uh, pleasantness and unpleasantness in terms of body and mind. So let's take a look at the, at the text further. 
，说平等正直，无功用处，是曰初中后三位来辨别舍的差别相。Yeah, so this uh equanimity, uh it actually has different stages. Yeah, has different stages, and it has this <coughs> balance. Upright, and、uh, the last one is what I was trying to highlight. Oh, Gong Yong Zhu. So,、uh, how do we describe Wu Gong Yong Zhu in English? Basically, effortless. Yeah, effortless abiding.、Uh, effortless abiding. So,、uh, this effortless abiding to me is quite、uh, interesting and perhaps something that should be highlighted. Um, usually, when we start off meditating, we have to put in effort, and then we put in effort, we still fail. Put in too much effort, we fall asleep.、Uh, not enough effort, we get excited. Now, if we can reach a an equilibrium, a certain balance, then the moment you sit down, and after a short while, you want your mind to be quiet, it's quiet, effortlessly. Maybe some of us. At some point, when you meditate, eh, how come ah、uh, that day suddenly I just sit down? I didn't put in much effort, eh? Actually, it's not that you didn't put in much effort; it's that you put in the right amount of effort. <laughs> so it's balanced. <clears throat> Further, it is because in the past few days maybe you have put in、uh, a series of effort already, so the mind has been tuned. From yoga shara point of view, it is that you have planted the seeds. So once you have reached that level of that、uh, that potential, then the moment you sit,、uh, that ripens. Yeah.、Uh, very interestingly, Ajahn Chah also described something similar to this.、Uh, I don't think he you can see his his teaching on on、uh, Alaya consciousness. Ah,、uh. yeah. Thai Buddhism don't talk about Alaya consciousness,、uh, but. He, in one of the of the dialogue, <coughs> people ask him, "Why is it that sometimes when I sit it's okay, sometimes it's not okay?" So he describes it this way. He says, "It is like when you go to work. Yeah, today you do work, tomorrow you do work, but you don't get paid. On payday, maybe you're not doing work. <laughs> maybe everybody is so excited, nobody is doing work." But you get paid, <laughs> so he says,、uh, you are paid for all the work you have done. On that payday itself, maybe you are not doing much work, but you still get paid. That's how he describes it, <clears throat> and it is a to me it's a parallel to the Yoga Shara school's description、uh, on karma, karmic seeds. Yeah, so karmic seeds we usually think about. Or you kill a person, or you go and do charity. Then we think about karma, right? But do you know that karma applies to everything we do, including when you meditate? Yeah, it does. So when we meditate, we are also planting karmic seeds. If you feel, if let's say,、uh, when you meditate for one hour, then you plant one hour of meditation seeds. Then maybe in order to experience a bit of calmness, you need to plan, let's say, five hundred hours. So maybe 
when you meditate two hours a day, after two hundred and fifty days, oh, you get some results. Yeah, uh, but for someone maybe he meditate only uh, ten minutes a day. Oh, can you imagine ten minutes a day? You go and calculate. I mean, I I'm just saying uh, five hundred hours. Uh. so how long must he meditate? Ten minutes a day. After six days, it's only one hour. So six times five hundred days. So three thousand days. <laughs> Almost ten years later. <laughs> yeah. Then you have the trouble of. It's not just your, your, cultivation seeds that you plant. Or if a person only meditate ten hour ten minutes a day. Um, Depends on how he spends the rest of the day. If for the rest of the day he's planting all kinds of junk inside, then before you reach the 10 years, all other junk has already ripened. Uh, so life is very fair. <laughs> so this... Uh, so here it says that... Um, in terms of this... Uh, different qualities of equanimity, yeah, being balanced, upright and uh, effortless abiding. There is there are different stages, yeah, namely the initial stage, uh, the intermediate stage and the later stage. Yeah, where you can see the difference. So here it gives a description of the difference. Yeah, in the initial stage, you use uh, <coughs> so, uh, equanimity and the mind is connected. Yeah? The mind and the equanimity is connected, in other words. Yuan-li-diao-ju-deng-gao-xia-de-bu-ping-wen-sing. So, uh, <coughs> once the mind is connected with equanimity, then it is free from uh, the disturbances of restlessness. Yeah. So the tendency for us to be to compare uh, which is better, which is worse, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So the the up and downs of the mind through restlessness, yeah, is also removed. Yeah. That kind of instability is removed. Yeah. As a result, Ling Sing Ping Ten Ping He, and that's why the mind is able to be. Uh, balance or, or in equilibrium yeah. doesn't go up and down. Qi <coughs> further, So, with the augmented practice of this distancing, yeah, uh, <coughs> so this is further distancing. Yeah, further distancing. So uh, this is talking about the discriminating mind. Yeah, discriminating mind. Uh, this is page 18, yeah, first line. 远离分别作业的 yeah, so <coughs> the mind tends to have all kinds of discrimination. Yeah. 
but uh, the discrimination that we have tends to have uh, falsehood inside, tends to have conjure all kinds of rubbish. Uh. So the, this second stage <coughs> is further freed from that, yeah, freed from that. Yeah, and as a result, uh, by itself, the mind is able to become stable. Still talking about stability, but now it is free from that kind of false discrimination. <coughs> free from the false discrimination. Um, then with this, with the mind being stable and free from false discrimination, <coughs> using the zhenzhi, jing de san xing xiang xu. So, um, from from the second stage, then uh, the mind veers towards further, goes towards wholesome states. Yu zhu ran ran wu qu wu qu wu qu jue si jue lü wu fa dong xing de ren yun er zuan xing de wu gong yong zhu. So the when the mind in the final stage, third stage, veers towards this uh, wholesomeness, yeah, then towards uh, run, uh, run, run, zu run, run, wu qie, yeah. So it's <coughs> with respect to all the uh, tainted states. Yeah. Uh, previously we have covered one point, which is. Uh, Opposite states cannot coexist. Opposite states cannot coexist. So once the mind veers towards wholesome states and the san xing xiang shi, yeah, there's a continuity of the wholesome states. Then, with respect to tainted states, <coughs> the mind is uh, doesn't doesn't veer towards that anymore. Yeah, then. 觉是觉律 ，so 思有思有律 ，so the early stage of meditation there's still thoughts, yeah. So up to this point, even thoughts are being quelled, are being quelled. So 无法动心 ，so uh the the state of the mind reaches a point where there's no impetus, yeah. Even the subtle thoughts are even subdued, so no more no impetus. So would fandong sing the ren yun er zuan. So earlier on, uh, here here perhaps something to clarify. So the wu ah jue si jue lü, jue si jue lü. Um, I think last week or last last week. I think maybe last week, uh, when we talk about the flow and outflow, I mentioned about how at different stages, in order to go from one stage to the next stage, you must consider the problem of your current state, and then look up towards the next state, and consider how the next state is superior and so on, and then you move towards that. But once you reach that state. The 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 state that is attract attractive those qualities, you now consider, uh, how it has its shortcoming also. Then you can discard them and move on to the next one. 
So, <clears throat> initially when we start to meditate, there's uh, perhaps the preliminary work of reflecting on the uh, foulness, the na foul nature of this body in order to be free of the senses, free of the sensual pleasure, for example. Uh, but uh, if you continue to do that all the time, then the mind is overly active. Yeah. Then you cannot reach that quietude uh, that is effortless. So up to some stage, this all this thinking, from this, from the earlier stages, ah, it is a very good practice. Oh, you want to hone it, you want to practice it. But at the later stages, then this is seen as um, destructive. So then you discard that. Yeah. Discarding that, then the mind can uh, abide effortlessly. Yeah. Abide effortlessly. Sing the Wukong Yongzu. Sing the Wukong So, in terms of the jhana, then we say up to fourth jhana. Fourth jhana, then we, we consider this state. Yeah. Uh, first jhana, of course, for those who start off meditation, is wow, it's very high. Huh? But First jhana compared to the other jhanas is actually still considered not very stable because it's very close to the sen sensual desire realm. So uh, in first jhana, there is still intermittent need to, to, uh, to apply effort to distance from the, uh, the sensual pleasure. Then when you reach second jhana, Second jhana, uh, while you are in jhana, there's not much need for that. Uh, the mind is able to stay there, uh, but it is disrupted by the high of meditation. Then the later state, even that is relinquished. For, uh, for most people, the trouble is haven't reached the high, haven't, but relinquished the, the sensual pleasure, so hanging halfway. And then down there, leg pain. Ah, yeah. So this is where you need to uh, put in the effort, persist. Yeah. Until you have the breakthrough. Mm. Until you have the breakthrough. Mm. So next, 静住. 静住即是不容染污之意. <coughs> 由舍与心相应,因此心心所能够极尽安住. Yeah, so this is more describing the, the state of concentration. Yeah. Uh, to abide, if I literally translate to abide uh, in, with quietude. Yeah. Uh, it actually is referring to how the mind itself is free of all the different uh, mental states that disrupts concentration uh, that disrupts concentration yeah. so yeah, it, it dispels all the other states yeah, that is unwholesome yeah. so it's mainly because the mind is 
connected with equanimity. Yeah. So this particular one, yeah, this particular sinsa, uh, the mental formation of equanimity is mainly referring to the third form jhana, uh, third form jhana already. Yeah. <coughs> oh. um, and again, it also comes about due to diligence uh, and non-greed, non-hatred and non-delusion. Any, any questions so far? Otherwise, we continue. Then we can wrap up the these eleven uh, wholesome states. Next eleven, buhai, harmlessness or yeah, harmlessness. 与诸有情，不为损恼，不嗔为性，能对治害，悲悯为业。So this is the opening verse. Yeah, Non-harmlessness. So, uh, <coughs> non-harmlessness is uh, is a quality that is uh, uh, should be translated from ahimsa. Uh, ahimsa, ahimsa, uh, harmlessness, uh, harmlessness. So non harmfulness or harmlessness. So puhai mm. i So this this particular one, non harmfulness or harmlessness, uh, it has the non hatred, uh, non hatred as its as its core as its essence. Yeah. So. 是一无是一于无称那种对友情不损恼的意义上假名安利的 <coughs> So it's basically linked to this uh, non, uh, non-anger or non-hatred yeah. So in this case, it is with respect to sentient beings With respect to, sen- to, respect to sentient beings to not have uh, thoughts uh, of uh, hurting them or to to cause them to become upset. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, based on this, then it says uh, we give it a name, harmlessness. Yeah. Uh, sometimes yoga texts uh, talk a lot I mean, not not talk a lot. I mean, talk a lot. <laughs> has a lot of description. Uh, that the gist of it is, um, it is a name to describe the the state where, with respect to others, yeah, with respect to sentient beings, you don't entertain the kind of uh, uh, thoughts that you wish for them to be harmed. To begin with, uh, don't ha- that you don't have this kind of thoughts. In the in our Buddhist text, there's actually a graduation of this process. Initially, maybe you're upset with that person, you're angry with that person, and then it slowly build up to anger, to hatred, to you know, from a, maybe a mere dislike. Up to a certain point, 
it's not it's not sufficient because uh, built fueled by our repeated <coughs> thinking thinking of the thoughts of the person and so on up to a certain point we may even entertain uh, hoping that the person uh, that harm comes to that person and then further further to that we may even have this thought Consciously or unconsciously, you may even think, how come harm still haven't happened? I think I must do something to make it happen. (laughs) Consciously or unconsciously, we may not have these exact words come up. But for some people, then we may then just think about how to harm this person. Whereby the, the dislike or upset has reached a point where it cannot be contained anymore. So that's a whole process. This is the opposite of that. This is the opposite of that. Non-harmfulness. <coughs> so, uh different different types uh. different different categories different different types. 有了这些差别，所以建立不害之名称。So yeah, uh, the different categories, yeah, counter the different, uh, different kind of states, and then it is the essence of the different mental states. Uh, so here is mentioned <coughs> about uh, this 慈心美大，慈心。uh, then the other one is pacing. So there are, there are, with regards to harmlessness, there's always this mention about love and compassion. Yeah, metta and karuna. Yeah, metta has a quality of giving happiness, then karuna or compassion has the quality of removing suffering. So uh so, for some people, at some point in time, we may, we may have that kind of uh, uh, anger or hatred towards... Uh, here it actually... Uh, so, over here it's quite interesting. Uh, uh, It actually uh, segregates between harming versus killing. Mm. It segregates between harming versus killing. Yeah. So, <coughs> uh, so harmlessness, harmlessness actually. Um, Opposes, yeah, opposes the 
the hurting or harming of uh, of uh, things or even beings yeah uh, and prevents the uh, killing ending of the life of beings yeah so there's these two parts one is just harming and the other one is the killing yeah. harming and then killing so so this then the, here it brings in how Wu Chen Yu So uh uh non-hatred non-hatred actually wishes for sentient beings to have happiness and that is in other words meta yeah, uh, love loving kindness <coughs> Non-harmfulness would also remove the suffering of sentient beings. And it is the basing the tea. Yeah. So uh, a lot of these are actually mirror of uh, its counterpart or its related uh, qualities. Yeah. Um, in fact, in other texts when we talk about Meta Karuna, uh, hum, meta, uh, rather karuna. Karuna is very directly mentioned to counter harmfulness. Yeah, once you have karuna, which is compassion, it uh, brings about harmlessness. Yeah, brings about harmlessness. Uh, the way the text here is uh, <laughs> sometimes uh, quite roundabout. This is the sub commentary. Are you familiar with compassion? Compassion? I hope so. Uh. <laughs> uh, so, harmlessness is basically uh, a result of compassion. Yeah, you can say that. Harmlessness is a result of compassion. When you have compassion, you wouldn't seek to harm because uh, it is that you feel for the suffering of sentient beings. Then you can have compassion. <coughs> Many times when we try to say cultivate compassion, uh, we we think, oh, okay, let me try to go and remove suffering. That we directly try to do that, yeah. Uh, but pr- prior to to that, we must actually do two other things. First thing is be able to see that it is suffering. Be able to see that it is suffering. Then second thing is uh, to feel for that suffering. Then you will want to remove the suffering. <clears throat> so of the three kinds of suffering, painful suffering is most obvious. Yeah. Painful suffering. Suffering of pain. And that's why for most people, uh, you see someone fall down, we quite naturally uh, you know reach out to help why because most of us when you see someone fall you can see it directly number one number two most of us have fell before so you can understand that pain and because of these two then compassion arises so uh, 
That's why for most people, compassion is about helping the poor, the sick, the needy. Yeah. Uh, but in Buddhism, compassion is not just limited to that. Yeah. Because there's a second and third type of suffering, which we've covered before. What are they? First one is huai ku. No, first one is ku ku. Second one is... Second? Second is actually what I just said, huai ku. Third one? Sing ku. Yeah. So, ku ku, huai ku, sing ku. Suffering of pain, suffering of loss, and suffering of uh, the condition uh, uncertainty. So, or condition phenomenon. Ku ku, huai ku, sing ku. So, for the first one, it's very obvious. You can see pain, physical, physical or mental. Second one, uh, when you see it, you may not immediately recognize it. Yeah. When, there are, when people are experiencing pleasure, uh, you don't may not be, be able to see it. But when they lose it, uh, loss, the suffering of the loss, suffering of the loss. In a way, that is still easy to see, yeah? uh, but hard to prevent. Easy to see, but hard to prevent. So, uh, the third one is, in all cases, uh, it permeates. All forms of existence have the third part, because all forms of existence are conditioned. <coughs> Being conditioned, um, it is subject to change, subject to change according to conditions. And so it, it has this uncertain nature uncertain nature and it's because of this that there is suffering uh, but the, this, third, this third level is a bit hard uh, because if you can if you can realize this third level you are probably enlightened if not close to enlightened <laughs> yeah. and that's why uh, in Buddhism ultimately great compassion is rooted in wisdom and enlightened beings quite naturally have a lot of wisdom, uh, compassion. Yeah. Once they direct that wisdom outwards and they see, look at sentient beings, wisdom arises. Uh, compassion arises together. Yeah. So, so there's all these different uh, aspects of this hum, uh, harmlessness. Yeah. So, Based on all these differences, the name harmlessness is established. So, non-hatred, non-hatred, uh, has his own essence, has his own body. But this harmlessness uh, relies on one aspect of wuchen, of this uh, non-hatred uh, to establish. So, So, in order to uh, distinguish or to review the difference between uh, 
loving kindness and compassion. So, so and further <coughs> to establish the supreme uh, merits yeah, of these two uh, factors yeah, of loving kindness and compassion in terms of benefiting sentient beings. So so <clears throat> although it's actually quite rather closely linked, but in order to distinguish the that is the differences, here we uh, further establish harmlessness. Yeah. Oh. So this wraps up number eleven. Uh, and again at the end of each section there's this long paragraph. <laughs> this is usually where uh, after reading through it, you like initially you feel like you understand all the mental concomitants, and then after reading through it, some of you may feel like you don't understand it anymore. <laughs> uh, but actually, it, it is giving a summary, yeah, and giving the relation. <coughs> so let's take a look. So,在十一善法中，不放逸行舍不害三种，无有别体，所以是假有。so there are eleven wholesome mental concomitants, and of all these eleven, there are three of them that actually doesn't have its own essence, its own body. No. Uh, what are they? They are actually the last three that we have gone through. Bufang yi sing se buhai, the non-legs, uh, the mental formation of equanimity, and. Uh, Harmlessness. These three is what we call jiayu, artificially established. Or artificially established. Or artificial existence. So doesn't mean that there's no such a thing. It just means that it's just a name given. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> of course, uh, don't bring in the Madhyamika school. <laughs> this is Yugachara. Yugachara. If you bring in Madhyamika, everything is Jayo. Because <laughs> in my mind, I was thinking further to give you an example like, oh, like this class itself, the, the individual people exist. The class comprises the, the, the students. So actually, the class is Jayo, it's artificially labeled. By itself, no extra class by itself. Yeah. The class actually comprises the students. Apart from the students, no class. Yeah. Then I thought, oh, if I say that, then it may remind you of the Yugach or the Madhyamikasu Zhongguan, where in fact, even the individual students is also the same. Artificially established. Everything is artificially established. <coughs> so, so in Yogacara school, uh, that, that is the distinction. Uh, there is something called Shiyo, truly exists. Uh, so, this is where sometimes Yogacara and Madamika school they have a bit of a conflict. 
But you must know that even in the Yogacara school, when it says Shiyo truly exists, it doesn't mean that it exists permanently. Because in the Madhyamika school, when it says it truly exists, then it must exist inherently and permanently. Then it's called truly exists. Yogacara school, when it says truly exists, it just means that it has essence, it has body. Uh, So, in a way, it's a matter of um, semantics, uh, uh, the way they define the terms. So, in fact, in my opinion, at least in my lineage, we don't see the the conflict. We don't see a conflict there. So, (coughs) 十一善法第七、第八世 在有漏位中不予相应 So, uh, with respect to this 11 wholesome uh, mental concomitants, number 7 and number 8 consciousness. What are they? Uh, revision time. Number 7 consciousness is uh, the mana consciousness. Uh, mana consciousness is basically the deluded mind, uh, the tainted mind. Number eight consciousness is Alaya consciousness. Very good. Yeah. So, <coughs> so at a stage of uh, where there is outflow. So another way, way <coughs> another way to understand this uh, stage with outflow is basically when you are unenlightened. Unenlightened then is considered with outflow. Because when you are unenlightened, it can lead to defilements, lead to suffering. So, So, number seven and number eight, when you are unenlightened, it is still tainted. Yeah. <coughs> so, So, if a person has attained to Buddhahood, <coughs> so if you have reached Buddhahood, then number seven, number eight, no problem. Yeah, but of course, number seven and number eight, they will change their name also. So then, <coughs> So we have covered number seven, number eight. Then now we talk about the first six. 在定位时都具足有 yeah. If a person <coughs> Anybody has Los Angeles? <coughs> Any? So the Buddha allowed us uh, (coughs) to request for water and medicine. (coughs) You know, many times when I was staying here, then Sunday puja, then chan 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 with Bhante, then halfway through Sunday, he'll be like, (coughs) honestly, sometimes I'm like, what happened? 
How come like that? Uh, now I understand. <coughs> also don't know why like that. <coughs> okay, wait. So here, talking about when a person is in a state of concentration. Yeah. So when a person is in concentration, with respect to the first six consciousness, <coughs> the eleven uh, wholesome states, wholesome mental concomitants, uh, there's they are all present. Yeah. So how about when you are not in concentration? That means you are let's say like for a human being in your normal wakeful states or when you're sleeping and so on then it means that um, if you're not in concentration then uh, this uh, remember the one we talked about serenity uh, serenity cannot exist doesn't exist there. Oh. <coughs> So this so out of the uh, eleven mental concomitants, ten of them, ten of them uh, is in resonance in connection with the five types of feelings which I mentioned earlier. Kula uh, Yusisa. <coughs> So pain, uh, rapture, then see uh, joy, you uh, oh sorry, uh, pain, rapture, then worry, uh, joy, and then equanimity. <coughs> uh, but uh, so out of the ten, eleven, ten of them is. Uh, in resonance connected with the five kinds of uh, feelings so what is the number 11 that is missing uh, is actually this serenity yeah, why serenity because uh, because in serenity it doesn't have you doesn't have cool doesn't have worry and doesn't have pain <coughs> Yeah, so it doesn't have these two kinds of feelings. Yeah. So Yingwei Yuku so Sing. And why? Because these two is uh, oppressive. Yeah, these two are oppressive. So <coughs> it's opposite of the state which serenity supports. Yeah. Sing. Serenity, when you have serenity, it is not oppressive. Yeah. It is supportive, it is conducive. It causes the mind and body to become wow, steady. Yeah? Whereas <coughs> this you and ku, worry and pain, it oppresses your mind. Yeah? So opposing states, as I mentioned, cannot coexist. So that's why it doesn't have all the different kinds of feelings. Now, next. Sui Zhong San, page 19. 
都和别境五心所相应。<coughs> so, uh, the the chapter, or、uh, the section before this,、uh, this one we we have one which is talking about the unique,、uh, specific ones. Yeah.、Uh, <coughs> can I remember the five? Yeah. So. <coughs> So these eleven mental wholesome mental concomitants, with regards to the five uh, <coughs> uh, specific or unique、uh, mental concomitants, they they can connect. Yeah, they can connect.、Mm-hmm. If you recall the the five, they are actually all very high high level states. Ah.、Uh. So, of course, at those when those high level states arise, then all these eleven wholesome states can also arise. Wei Qing An Fei Yu Jie You, 其余十种遍通三界 So, again, serenity is <coughs> is a is a odd one out. It only exists. With respect to form and formless states, yeah, form and formless world. Whereas the remaining eleven can exist, can arise in sensual desire, can exist and arise in <coughs> form states, form world or formless world. So serenity is purely this、uh, uh, arising when a person has the, the jhanic states. So lastly, 此十一善 these eleven wholesome states, 通于有学无学的圣人，即一切凡夫 So, uh, this 有学无学 have I explained to you all before over here? Hmm, explained before, right? Ah, 有学无学 So 有学无学 Uh, the serenity, 一切凡夫 actually covers all beings. Ah,、uh. <coughs> why? Because, uh, 有学 and 无学 are the enlightened ones. Then 一切凡夫 is the unenlightened ones. So unenlightened ones easy to understand. Okay. Then 有学无学 covers the enlightened beings. So 有学 means learner. 无学 is non-learner. What does it mean by learner? <coughs> Learner is actually、um, describing those who have attained the first stage of enlightenment, all the way to prior to、uh, arahanthood. Yeah, the four individ, the four, the four pairs, the eight individuals. So we are usually you, we are used to the four、uh, states of enlightenment. <coughs> yeah. Sotapanna, Sakadagami, Anagami, and Arhat. Yeah, stream enterer, once returner, non returner, and Arhat. So,、uh, in the sutra, it actually describes that prior to attaining <coughs> each of these states,、um, there is a proximate, proximate state. Yeah. 
呃出国 ，before 出国 ，that's 呃出呃这个呃出国项。So 出国项 means 呃 steering towards sotapanna。So steering towards sotapanna， 呃。It means actually very close to Sotapanna. In some commentary, it says it's within a few mental states, sixteen or fifteen mental states. Then you are Sotapanna already. So it is almost like, uh, you know, if you have one magnet and you have paper clip, yeah, and then if you are very far away, doesn't have any effect. But if you move closer and closer and closer, if you are touching, then it's touching. But before you touch, there's a point where it start to. Ah, so in a way, you can imagine this, the point where it start to veer towards it. That means if there's no other force stopping it, it will just go towards it really. Yeah. So that part can be described as what we call the 出国相 Yeah. So prior to first stage, prior to stream enter, veering towards, yeah, veering towards stream enter. So this is defined as <coughs> the proximate state before stream enter. After a person enter the stream, the person may immediately cultivate, may not cultivate immediately. You cultivate kind of up to a certain point. You reach a point where you veer towards the second stage, yeah, uh, what we call sakatagami, uh, once returner. So again, close and yeah, yeah. So altogether, there are four main states and four proximate states. Can I understand? Yeah, I don't have to go through all the detail and cut 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 three times, ah. <coughs> Then, so from the first kakaka up to the last kakaka, <laughs> see, don't when we don't use language, it's much easier to understand. <laughs> That means from the first stage, as you veer towards sotapanna, up to the last point before you attain arahanthood, all these stages are all called learner. Mm, learner. And why is it considered learner? Because all this, they still have things that they need. They need to learn. But you may wonder. But we also have things to learn, right? So, my late ordination teacher he says he gave a further explanation why. He says they are actually given this term 有学 English translation is always just learner. But learner only capture one part of the meaning, which is that they have something more to learn. The Chinese translation 有学 has another layer of meaning, which is that they are truly learning. So, what does this mean? Then my teacher say, so as opposed to us, we are not really learning yet. Why? Today we learn, tomorrow not happy, we don't learn. Today I learn, tomorrow I learn. Next life maybe I don't learn. 
depending on our mood, we learn. Whereas for Sotapanna, once you go the stage, from then on, no matter what happens, you learn. You don't like the teacher, you still learn. Don't, the teacher ugly, you still learn. The teacher's uh, choice of words is not the best, you still learn. This life learn, next time you are. Some people ask the question, how can we make sure that in future life, we are still learning Dharma? The safest, safest, most guaranteed is attain Sotapanna. <laughs> yeah. That one is 100%. And that's why they are called learner. So in a way, it's in praise of their state. Both to highlight that they still have more to learn, but they are truly learning. Uh, always learning. Yeah. Not affected by how they feel anymore. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm not happy that I don't learn. Uh, sometimes maybe uh, because, oh, I can't do cold, I don't want to learn. <laughs> I can't not learn cold enough, I don't want to learn. Uh, or maybe, <clears throat> come, not, not like Buddhist library, Buddhist library is very nice, everybody very nice. Maybe you go to some centers, or then you sit down there, then someone comes and hey, why are you sitting here? Oh, what? This is my seat, you know. Oh, then you feel so hurt. Wow, tell you off in front of everybody. Wow, you, you feel your whole face wow, melt away. So, no more face. So, you tell yourself, next week you don't come back again. <laughs> maybe if it's bad enough, maybe immediately you say, oh, you're sit, huh? Take a seat, huh? then I go back home. <laughs> so, for all kinds of reasons, all kinds of reasons. Yeah. Uh, I have seen with my own eyes students, yeah, uh, sometimes even funnier. They want to do something good, they don't get to do it, or they do, you know, um, like sometimes some students, uh, they want to offer a service to Sufu. <coughs> then, Sometimes uh, they want to have priority to offer service someone. So if they don't get that priority, doesn't mean that they cannot offer, you know. But they don't get that. Wow, you know, it's like if you are a economy class passenger versus a business class first class passenger, red carpet passenger, yeah, uh, golden whatever, different. But actually the same, you all get into the plane, you fly there. You know, it's not as though halfway through, tong, uh, all passengers, please pay attention. Uh, business class, please continue to enjoy your flight. For economy class, from row 23 to row 35, uh, please reach out for the bottom of your seat. If you don't see a gold star, please uh, prepare to jump off the plane. It's not, ma, everybody get there also. In the same way, whether you're given priority or not, at some point you can still offer service. But, <laughs> and you, 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 you may think, I mean for most of you all, you'll be like, oh, why would anyone think in this? But it happens. Why? Because when you, when you, when you, for some reason, you do offering, maybe it's uh, uh, whatever offering, <clears throat> Sometimes it's a physical thing, sometimes it's a service. Well, then, somehow, for some reason, 
yeah, 师父师父 open it up for everybody to offer. Oh, then the student, ah yeah, how come 师父 now open to everybody? Don't give me exclusive offering. Don't give offering. <coughs> I don't go for class today. No, not talking about people in this class. Ah, don't don't start to guess. Eh, who ah who ah? Then later you all go for supper. Then eh, you say 师父讲谁 Not not in this class. Don't worry. Ah, <coughs> so don't go and guess. Maybe because of what I said today. Then next week some of you don't because <laughs> some of you feel so. Oh, 师父 talking about me. Ah, so that's why you're not qualified to be called Yu Shi. Not qualified to be called a true learner. <laughs> yeah. Enlightened beings don't have this problem. That's why they can progress so cons consistently. You know, not that we are stupid people, not that we are not wise, but it's just that we are so easily affected by our emotions. So if easily affected by how we feel, 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 feel. I tell you, the number one thing I I highlight in counseling, <coughs> sit down with people, a lot of different cases, but the number one thing that stick out is. All of them, <coughs> I feel, I feel, I feel. Oh, oh, young eh. I tell Sifu is actually not, I mean, quite a mediocre cultivator. But if there's one thing I managed to do, ah, uh, is not that I hundred percent don't follow feelings. I, I sometimes also can't help it also follow no. That's why I understand. But it's just that my frequency of following is much lower than. Some people, not all people. So, yeah, that's how it helped me. And I tell you, not just in cultivation, but in your work life, in your marital life, in your relationship, in your kinship, whatever ship, big small ship, same. You follow your feelings, ah, you die. <laughs> not today, next week. Not next week, next month. Next this month, next year. One day you will gonna. <laughs> So, you share those who are able to <coughs> once because they have attained enlightenment. They don't. They are not like that. Uh, so, anytime there's stomach talk, it, no matter how many times they go there, cannot scold it. Wow, by volunteers, even by school, school. No problem. Schools after that, uh, after that, yes, I can try continue attending. You cannot come. I still come. <laughs> Ah, the kind of perseverance, you know. My teacher once said, he said, <clears throat> if you go to a place, there's no dharma, but good food, nice environment. You stay for maybe one day to maybe a week, feed yourself well, and then you must go. No dharma, you cannot stay. You can stay for one or two days, maybe up to three days or seven days, just to get nourishment. Then you go to another place. If there's a place with dharma but not so good food, you should stay longer, because there's dharma. Until such time, if you if you can bear with the bad food, bad environment, continue to stay. But if you happen to chance upon a place, oh sorry, I missed up one thing. One thing, no dharma, no good food, don't stay. <laughs> stay for what? <laughs> you don't get anything. <laughs> Why torture yourself? Don't torture yourself, ah! Uh, but after that, you hear of a place. Wow, there's dharma and there's good food, nice environment. Your sun, your sea. Oh, ah! Uh, oh, got birds chirping, got 
got nice nice weather everything is perfect then and that's dharma you go there <laughs> uh, that's what my teacher say yeah people want to you know push you away if don't I stay here <laughs> so your is those who have gone through the whole process and one day attain enlightenment arahanhood not just enlightenment arahanhood so arahan as far as the removal of defilements is concerned there's nothing left to learn why because there's nothing left to do he has removed all defilements so as far as suffering is concerned the wuxue here refers to those who have eradicated greed hatred and delusion Great hatred, delusion, all removed. So no more cause for suffering. And that's why as far as removal of suffering is concerned, there's nothing left to learn. So they are considered non-learner. Yeah? And for us, here it just says, So in some texts, we also have a name. You're neither a learner nor non-learner. <laughs> So as far as all of us are concerned, whether you are enlightened or non-enlightened, yeah. So these eleven wholesome matter concomitants uh, applies to all of us, but doesn't mean that we are always having it. All. It means that we are able to evoke them, cultivate them. Oh. So when we come back next week, uh, it becomes very exciting. Because we have a lot of defilements to, to study, to learn about. Huh? And it's so so complex or so, so detailed. We even have the primary defilements and secondary defilements. Yeah. Wholesome states only 11. Huh? 8 core and 3 that is <coughs> artificially established. But for the unwholesome, the defilements, wow. I know you all have been waiting to study. You will go through so many months of study just for this. Yeah, so next week. Yeah, so <coughs> put our palms together. Yuan Xiao San Zhang Chu Fan Nao. Yen